Welcome to Life Karma. Fright Mares. Halloween special. The Halloween Life Karma Halloween special. Love that. Hey everybody, how you doing? It's good to see you. Time of year, time of year. Yeah, yeah. Well, here we are. Trick or treat. Trick or treat, man. What's the deal? Oh, man. I really loved the treat in high school, though. That was fun. The treat? Did you yeah, have like, a lot of treats in high school? All the all the Halloween parties in high school. A lot of freaky Halloween parties. I'm sure you got a lot of freaky Halloween stories. I mean, the freaky parties were in college. That's where that's where Halloween got a whole new... Oh, wasn't, didn't it? Yes. Got crazy. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of COVID passed in mm. colleges. COVID-19 is going to be passed in these Halloween parties. <laughs> COVID's coming this Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's got here. It's getting, it's getting higher. But um, How many people do you think are going to dress up as COVID-19 for Halloween? Can you even do that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe be like that big ball with spikes coming oh, yeah, out. Oh, yeah. There are probably a lot of people doing that. But uh, yeah. Well, be safe, you guys, out there in Halloween land. Be safe. Oh, I watched South Park episode last night. Speaking of this, uh, this uh, the Halloween kind of special one. Uh-huh. And it's the dad bought a blockbuster and how creepy that was because blockbuster was so out of date. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So South funny. Park is a very demented, strange show. It disturbs the shit out of me when I watch it. I can't watch it a whole, I can't watch a whole episode. Oh, my gosh. It's so great. It's crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. I am messed up. I am messed up. Oh, sorry about last week, guys. That was my fault. Yeah, he was uh, he was uh, down in his 40s celebrating his 40th birthday in a fancy spa land in Arizona and having a great old time with his lovely bride. And Scottsdale, yeah. Scottsdale's another level. Yeah, it's nice. Mm. I was definitely jealous, so he brought me back a cool band. It's like one of these cool things. Uh, wealth. Wealth band. So here's the deal. You don't ever get something on loan from Brian. Just tell, he, So he did this trick. This is what he tricked me. I said, oh, that's cool you got there. And he goes, yeah, here, why don't you, I'll, I'll loan it to you for a day or two. So yeah. day yeah. or two goes by and I'm like, hey, dude, I need to give you a thing back. And he goes, yeah, I already ordered another one. You got you to keep right. that. That's I'm right. like, you son of a crapper. Uh, I'm like, it was, it. It, was it. Yeah. it was a tactic to be a gift giver. By disguise. I'll just loan it to you, but I have no intention of getting it back. Well, I'm just going to give it to you. When you've been friends with someone so long, you have to get tricky. Yeah, of course. Because I don't I don't buy his, like, I won't let him. No. Because he just gives everybody everything. And so I'm it's like, more the, one of the only, I'm one of the only friends he has. He says, nope, you cannot, you're not no. allowed to give me anything. No. Not happening. It's more comfortable that way to be the giver, not the receiver. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't receive well. So. No, no. It's anyway. not, no, it's not as, it's more fun to make people uncomfortable. Yeah, he likes With that. the gifts. It's his uh, lawyer nature. Because then they feel like they owe you something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so it's all about manipulation. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah. I get down to my soul. Soul. Do we, what is a soul anyway? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what they say, the definition of a soul is like, well, there's different religions define it differently, but your spirit or it could be your perfect body and spirit brought together in a perfect form. I don't know, I've heard a lot of different yeah. things. This um, this idea of the well-being of one's soul or is what's welfare. on your mind. The welfare of one's soul. The welfare of one's soul. That's That's been on your mind. Talk about that today. And the welfare of other people's souls. So uh, this is the thought I've been having with all the political, um, all the political crap going on that everyone has to deal with right now. 
I keep thinking, what is my duty to others? What is my duty to the welfare of souls for everyone else? Because I was talking to a friend last night and I was, we were discussing, she's, she's, she leans more one way than I do. And excuse me, but we were talking about how many pro I asked her point blank. I was like, cause she believes in welfare programs and stuff like that. And I said, well, mm-hmm. how much of your check would you be willing to give up for the welfare of other people? Like you don't know anything about them. You don't know if they really don't have a job. You don't know if they're really struggling and sincere, but just how much of your check and, and you see her pause. And I said, would you give up your whole check? And she said, yes. And I said, it, it threw me back because I'm like, well, then how would you live? She said, well, I would think if I'm giving up my whole check, then everyone can still live. And I said, yeah, but that's not, that's, you know, that's not how it works, right? Like, that's just not how it works. And so it made me think, like, what is my true duty to the welfare of souls of others when it comes to, like, the country, like, right? uh, citizens in one society together? Not religious, just like... The welfare of my fellow humans or citizens, I should say, of America. Right. Right. Like, where do you even start there? Well, I have a theory on that. You want to hear it? Yes, I do. I think the welfare of souls, um, the very first person you need to be concerned about is your own welfare. Yeah. <laughs> to make sure you're right with God, that you're self-reliant, you have, you, you have purpose and meaning, and that you're taking care of yourself. Then secondly, I think you need to take care of your immediate family. Right, the welfare of your significant other, your children if you have any children, your grandchildren if you have any children, grandchildren. And I think that's the second tier. And I think the third tier is found in your community, your local community. You know, I visited uh, with Rick Haas this morning, and he's the founder of the Red Barn. It's right down the road here. And and Rick has done very well in life, and he's created this sort of um, this organization that really serves underprivileged people who are transitioning um, out of uh, troubled lives into, in, into getting their life self-reliant. And it's really an amazing place and an amazing vision. And he's making a difference right here in our local community. So that would be the third thing. And then fourth would be, um, your broader community or what, you know, outside of your community. This is sort of what I do with my orange duffel bag initiative, um, in Georgia is sort of do things that are going to help a lot of people over time. So yourself, your immediate family, your community, um, your nation, your, you know, larger, that, that's, that's the priority I think that I would put in. I think the red barn is a perfect <clears throat> example. So the red barn, and I've, I've dealt with this from an attorney perspective, is somewhere that even if people have been convicted of serious crimes, they can do their probation or jail time at the red barn and rehabilitate. Right. They learn skills to get jobs and Right. And I learned a little bit more about that today. It was really fascinating. It's a a great, in concept, it's perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. But like with everything else, there's people that take advantage of it. Hmm. And and that's not the owner's fault. That's not whoever had Hmm. the concept's fault. That's the people not doing what they're supposed to. It's like drug court. Like drug court. You know, if you're convicted of a drug crime, you can go into drug court, which keeps you out of jail. And it's kind of like a diversion program. Mm -hmm. People take advantage of that. So how much do you do even when people are taking advantage of things? Because I agree, the Red Barn has done a lot of great good. Yeah, they currently still do a lot of great good. Yes, I'm sorry, they do. 
and, and I don't have any, I guess I'm just using the Red Barn as an example of people taking advantage of good things. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, I'm a cynical thinker. So the same thing comes to my mind is like, okay, if I'm giving up X, how much of that is, how much, what is that really doing? And what is my duty to give up X if it's not doing what it should? Okay. I have, a, I have an answer for that. You ready? Now, by the way, we don't talk about these things. Before no, this is we just all this is spitball, all, man. We're all extemporaneous. Uh, yes. So here's my answer. You match them. Match who? Match whoever you're helping with their effort. Yeah, but you don't know that as a citizen. That's my problem is I don't know. For example, okay, I, I agree with you. but Yeah, so they show up, you show up. They work, you help them out. Like it's... it's um. But with the taxes you pay, with the things you pay that's supposed to be going to help your fellow men, you don't know if they're showing up. You don't know if they're working hard. You don't know if they're doing all those things. No, I'm not. I'm not concerned about okay, what my so taxes you, are. I mean, like, okay. this is a. I don't think government should compel anybody to help anybody. I think oh, that's, that's a personal choice. I don't think the government's responsible for me providing a roof over my head, food in my belly, a job for me to work in. That's that is my responsibility. Okay, I want to stay, stay with that for just one yeah, second. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're he's. He's building this case, everybody. Can you feel it? He's cross-examining <laughs> yes, my ass, and he's going to try to blow me up. Well, I'm trying to honestly figure this out because no, it good, bugs it's good. me. It's good. It bugs me. Like it really yeah. does bug me. Because, I'm open to it. No, because you're you're 100 right in the sense of the government shouldn't do that. However, that's your belief. Number two, if if we're all citizens of the same country, and there's people that like you that are willing to help out, but there's people that are not willing mm -hmm. to help out. Mm -hmm. Should they have to pay something in because we are a society in whole? For example, the roads help everybody, right? That's not someone mm -hmm. in need. But where does it stop? Well, it stops for individual choices involved. I believe the government's responsible for providing a climate of safety to provide infrastructure and uh, commerce, that kind of stuff. But when it comes to personal choice, the government's responsibility is not to provide employment for you. No, it is not to no. And, and what happens is when you start mandating, um, you, you increase taxes and you're going to mandate programs to help everybody. And this is something I know a little bit about um, our Orange Duffelbag Foundation or the Orange Duffelbag Initiative in Georgia. We've discovered that the more money you take from the government, the less control you have over content and programs you can do. So because um, they exercise a great deal of control over it. And. And we did, we, we created the Orange, the Orange Duffel Bag Initiative from, from reverse engineering. So we did stuff that works. We knew worked. We knew it, we knew it would work. And we did it with independent funding. Like it wasn't government sanctioned funding. And that has proved to be very good for us. Now we, we used evidence-based practices and things that really helped um, give people who are interested in donating and helping we said, really, if you do this, this is going to be the outcome because we have research and evidence and we've we've managed to measure it over 10 year period. So um, that was our approach. Um, it's just really hard to mandate fixing large um, societal kind of problems. Right, but it, you, I, I like the use of the government's in charge of a safe environment, right? Like a safety yeah, issue. But public we, safety. Mm -hmm. But we know we know statistically that money is connected to safety, for example. Uh, poor neighborhoods have higher issues of crime. Yeah. My friend uh, in Las Vegas who lives in a bad neighborhood had his car stolen yesterday. Yeah. So, okay. So there we go. It, it becomes <clears throat> back to this money issue. And what, how much of, 
I guess, and I'm just looking at this from one point of view of money, right? How much money should I give into the welfare of the others for the country or for a society or for a neighborhood or for whatever? I think different people should have different levels of giving based on their means. Really? Why? Because, uh, because you can't it. mandate shit like that. I'm like, no, you can't. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about personally, right? Like, I agree with you. You cannot mandate. I don't think it should ever be mandated. But how, what is the right number, percentage, whatever? Um, 10%. No, no, no. <laughs> For all you religious believers, you tithing people out there, I just gave him a whammy of 10%. You take 10% of your money. And you give it to other people. We're already giving more than 10%. Most oh, of totally us. more than 10%. Yeah, most of us already give more yeah, than 10%. Yeah, of course. So that's not working. Well, I, you know. That is failing. I can tell you what I'm doing is working. Yes, you, what you do. What I do individually, that's my whole point. Yes. Like I can make yes. a difference. Can my community make a difference? Sure. If we have enough people who want to make individually contributions to make a difference, that's fine. But, um. When you try to solve collective problems with collective people, it's very difficult. Well, I'm just thinking of the debates last night. Biden looking in the camera, right, and saying, think about those around you. Think about the table. Think about this and that. And I'm like, but you're not making me, you're not telling me what you're going to do with my money that I made. Same for Trump. You're not telling me what you're going to do. You didn't earn it. I did. Yeah, of course. Well, they're going to tell you whatever you want to be told to make you comfortable to make you vote for them. Right. So how do we really make a real change then? How do we really help in, in the most um, impactful, purposeful uh, way our fellow men and citizens? Yeah, it's called person-to-person -person service. It is. So how do we do that, though? What do you mean? I... You help a brother out, you help a sister out. Like you just, you find out a need, you help them. Let me tell you my worst clients, the free ones. Oh, totally. Cause they have, they don't um, value, you value what you pay for. <laughs> so I'm a terrible client. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, I knew, paid. I knew you were going there. <laughs> but I'm saying is, it's like you don't value what you pay for as a general rule, unless you know the value of it. For example, if you went rags to riches and then back to rags, you know the value, yeah. right? Yeah. You're more, you're more um, thankful for the help because you now know what it's like. Right, right, of course. And I think the mentality too much of our fellow men is if I'm not born into it, I can't make it. And then you have rich people that don't want to help um, for whatever reasons, which is stupid too. And I'm just trying to find how we actually raise our society as a whole. And I think you're right on to something that service is a big part of it. It is. And um, yeah, it's, this is just a complicated problem. I don't know if there's any, any singular answer. There's not, but that's, that, that's also the beauty of it, right? Mm -hmm. Is every situation is different. Every situation needs a very, uh, a very certain uh, answer to it, right? Yeah. Like, or a certain action. Yeah. Well, I mean, you take kids in foster care. You take kids um, that have high trauma environments, and man, these kids—they—they're just uh, speaking as one of those kind of kids that grew up in that kind of environment. It's almost unsurmountable. 
It would be. It would it, feel that way. It's almost unsurmountable, and especially if you're ethnic and you're in those kind of environments. It's even worse. So, what do you do? Um, what do you do on 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 your individual part to to help yourself and then to help others? So, and I, I talk about this a lot. Where um, you know you can sit you can sit back and you can expect help to come, and it's going to come in a way that you can't control. Or you can do the best with what you can and work hard and be focused and have dreams and visions and and do what you can do, even though things may necessarily are working for your benefit, but you're doing the best you can. That opens doors for opportunity, right? So I was raised, um, as you know, as many of our listeners know, in a really difficult environment, but what was happening to me was bad, but how I chose to respond to it was good. And when people saw that, that I had taken my own initiative, they helped me more, right? So they felt you were worth helping, right? Because they saw me take initiative, right? But isn't, is that bad or good that they then decided to help you? Well, I mean, it, it is what it is, right? So I think, I think what happens, um, but is that good? I mean, you, yeah, you know, I, I mean, think it's good. I mean, I obviously just, think it's good. Well, yeah. <laughs> it well, but do I sit around and just wait till someone does something then? Yeah, no. So helping people that are struggling is messy. That's the other problem. So helping people that are that are having problems with employment or drug addiction or criminal behavior, for whatever reason, mental illness, trauma, you know, criminal behavior, whatever, whatever it is, right? Helping people get on a solid foundation with a clear path, living with purpose and meaning, being self-reliant, that can be very, very messy. And I was fortunate enough to have a handful of people that worked with me because <laughs> right. I was a, I was a, I was a troubled right. kid, man. Right. I had some issues and these people like invested in me, tolerated my bullshit and just helped me anyway, loved me for no good reason, reached out, reached up and reached across and just helped me as a person. And the welfare of my soul was important to them and uh, it made a huge difference. Um, hey, Kim, do you want to come in? And hey, guys, this is, come on, yeah, Kim, yes, Kim, Kim, yes. Kim, you got to come in here. Kim, please oh, open, the door. open the door. She's not coming in. I wanted to get on the camera. I know. So did she I. She totally I was, bailed I was on super us. super excited there for a second. Yeah, she's like, I'm out. <laughs> you know, she, I would have been like, Kim, what do we do to help other people? She'd be like, pure love of Christ. Pure love of Christ. Service, service, service. Well, I, I'll give you a perfect example. I get a text last night, 830. Neighbors are moving in. Which ones? Where? See, this I right. don't even know that neighbors the, are um, moving. Neighbors in our backyard, you know, the doc, the no, doctor that know. moved. No, I didn't know. Well, he he sold his house, mm-hmm. and their new family's moving in. Got a text. They need help moving in. I'm like, I was occupied with things here, and Kim was out and about, right? <laughs> so she comes, she comes home. She's doing whatever she does with Hannah. She comes home, right. and I'm like, hey, the new neighbors here, they need help, and like, and she goes, yeah, I already know it. I've been over there for 35 minutes and four. I was helping do this. I'm no. doing it. And I'm like, she's already all over it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, really? And she goes, well, I got there and it was too late, and I really couldn't do anything. So I asked them, I, I, I double, triple down on and checking and see if anybody needed any help, and they didn't need my help. And I'm like, of course you did, because you have the pulse on everybody in my neighborhood that needs help because you're at the third and fourth level of you know, being concerned over the welfare of other people's souls. And thank goodness I'm married to that woman because she keeps me in line and gives me a great example. Well, maybe my soul is too black to even know that we have neighbors moving in. No, you're yeah, just busy. So. You were in so. Logan 
with your kids doing soccer like you you and you you have your own law firm like you it takes a moment you're busy it doesn't matter i gotta help society you do help society hopefully this helps society yeah, hopefully our listeners are being helped by yeah, our they're probably like who are these two idiots <laughs> <laughs> talking about things yeah who are these guys who are these wackadoos hey we have cool microphones though and earphones we have cool microphones and we have cool gear i'm, I'm using my living with guts I got uh, a shirt. Pro America. Yeah, shirt I got a. On. He has a Bracken Brothers hat, which is my mm-hmm. son Jake's yep. wood burning, a wood, woodworking, a woodworking company, and then I have a Life Karma hat. So we're we got it all covered today. Yeah, I'm eating these uh, like sugar free gummy worm things. Do those really things good. bring welfare to your soul? Does your diet? <laughs> yes. Does your diet bring welfare yes. to your soul? Yes. Maybe we should explain. Start explain. <laughs> Maybe we should start every question with Does this bring welfare? Does this bring welfare to your soul? I'm, there's there's new book I'm about to read. It's called Breath, a new science, the lost art of um, by James Nestor. This is all about how um, breathing can make all the difference. This idea of mindfulness, breathing. You're welcome, James. I can't wait to get into that. Yo, yeah, we, you're welcome, we, James. I actually gave you some props and haven't even read your book. It's a New York Times bestseller, so I'm hoping it's good. Yeah, hoping you're welcome, good. James. Yeah, <laughs> you can sponsor us if you'd like. And why don't you come do a seminar with us and teach us how to oh, breathe yes. so we can have inner peace and shit. I was losing my crap in the car last night. Oh, driving no. to Logan. Tell me. I had this horrid, putrid, diarrhea, green Kia. <laughs> diarrhea, Fucking green Kia. Not letting me get over. Uh, and I'm in the minivan. I was ticked. Really? Oh, man, I honked my horn, and I rolled down my window. No, you didn't go road rage, did you? No, I rolled down my window, and I almost flipped the bird. No. But I gave a thumbs up instead. (laughs) Hey! I was like, thinking of your welfare. Thanks, dude. (laughs) Because I feel like pulling you the frick out of your car and putting your head through your windshield. Being a pulp. (laughs) (laughs) Can't road rage, Brian. You know that. And Emily's like, I think you need to roll up the window and take Two deep breaths. Yes. In the nose, out the mouth. And I'm like, don't want to. I like this feeling right now. <laughs> it's the rage against the machine feeling. I like the rage feeling I'm feeling right now. You're indulging in anger. I was like, oh, seriously, who, 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 yeah. what car company paints it diarrhea green? I, mean, I have, seriously. I have no idea. But that just uh, sparked a question. Right for yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> so um, about diarrhea or what? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh can rage be can can rage and anger be good for your soul? Well, it's ra- rage and anger. I feel like anger and then the rage is like a whole nother level. Yeah. Anger is rage is the amped up of anger yeah. with a physical component. So this is the one that's always confused me because. I always use this example. Like they say, Jesus was mad when he flipped the tables over. Yeah, created a stampede table. and stuff. I'm like, was he really mad though? Called was everybody pieces of crap and yeah, get I out mean, of my house kind of thing. I just don't know if that really hurt his soul. Oh, of course not. So righteous anger is what I always hear. Is there such yeah, a that's thing a justification. As, for, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> righteous anger yes. can be, well, Jesus did it. Well, I'm special because I'm, it's, I'm, I'm right. I'm right. So I'll, therefore I can be angry. I'm righteous. So I get to be angry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, these days I don't agree with that. Okay. These days were there days. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. It was like, I'm right. 
and I'm angry, back the hell off. I'm the man of the house. Yeah, exactly. And I've had to go through a learning curve and much pain to realize that anger is just not... To realize you're not in control. Right. (laughs) Anger is not productive for me. It's not good for the welfare of my soul. How's that? But I guarantee your anger... Well, I should say about everybody. Everybody's anger is different. Oh, yeah, totally. Like when girls usually get angry, women... They get even. They don't get angry, do they? That too. But then they like, <laughs> almost when they get too angry, they cry. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Men don't do that. Yeah. Like Emily's been reading this book on how to raise boys was years ago. Mm-hmm. And it says that when boys are angry, that actually means they're sad. Really? I'm like, I freaking wasn't sad when I gave the dude thumbs up. No, you were angry. I was freaking angry. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I know if you... If you don't deal with your anger over time, you become sad. And if you don't deal with your sadness over time, you become depressed. And that's not good for the welfare of your soul. If you don't deal with your sad, can you be angry? I have no idea. I don't know either. I'm just wondering. Like, <laughs> If I don't deal like, with my sad, then I get more sad and I want to die. <laughs> it sort of sucks. Yeah. Then you get depressed, right? Dying's not going to help. No, dying. Well, then no, you'll still be sad or your body will be in the dirt and Worms like your flesh and stuff. I mean, be good. I don't yeah. know, but, okay, so here's a question. Mm-hmm. So um, we know that anger is not good for the welfare of your soul. Rage right. and anger are probably counterproductive right. for the welfare of your soul. Right. What is good for the welfare of one's soul? Money. Oh, bullshit. Money's money. not good for the welfare of no, your if soul. Everyone had money I in totally this country, disagree with that. If everyone had money in this country, there would our welfare of our souls would be a lot better. No, it would. I did completely disagree with you 100%. Because people do different things with money. Convince me I'm wrong. Because here's the thing. How is that going to be money, good for your if soul? If everyone had a, like a residence, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying this is ever going to happen. But if everyone had financial security, there would not be... Everyone's welfare would be fine. Not necessarily. Oh, I know totally, people that have totally. terrible welfare that are dr- addicted to drugs and alcohol. Oh, drugs exist if everyone was fine. To- no, they wouldn't. <laughs> Financially? Yeah. And, well, uh, tell that to the um, the uh, millions of addicts who live above the poverty line because, they're bored. because they have money. They're bored? They're bored. No, that's not why people turn to drugs. People turn to drugs because they're lonely. When they're above the welfare line? Yeah, because they're lonely. They turn to it as a coping mechanism. You're you're overgeneralization. You're overgeneralizing here. I was just thinking you were doing the same thing. Okay, whatever. (laughs) I was asking a a pertinent question, which you gave me a weak answer. Like I was like, what is good for the welfare of one soul? Money. I would disagree, and I would say, I would pivot on that and say, being self-reliant intelligence i would say being intelligence is good for the soul yeah. and i think when, when it comes to monetary things being a be self-reliant is good for your soul so i guess there is a connection to money in some way yeah whatever make it rain <laughs> make it make rain. it rain make you it know, rain. shower with hundreds bennies and hundreds of dollars you know whatever so okay let me let's get off so so the Intelligence. What about intelligence? Intelligence is good. I think intelligence would help a lot. I think it's good for your soul. Because I hate when people say education, because that makes it sound like you have to go to college. That's not true. No. Intelligence. Yeah. Learning. Critical is thinking. Is good for the welfare of the yeah, soul. Yeah, I, I, I would completely agree with that. Learning yeah. is good for the soul. Owning property. The right to proper. The right to private property. The right to property is probably good. 
for self-reliance. Maybe that's good for the soul. That's there's a good argument there. Right for privacy. Yeah, I think everyone privacy needs to helps the welfare of the soul. Yeah, because then you, if you're if you're private, you don't have to tell everybody everything. And be mindful and meditate. But you and lose on. privacy as you take welfare. Yeah, you not only lose privacy, you learn everything. You yeah. lose everything. I have a question for you because I know you've dealt with this more than I have, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this. You know, if you're convicted felon, you can't vote. Correct. How do you feel about that? I feel it goes too far. If you're a convicted felon, served your time, and reassimilated in the society and are self-reliant, you should be able to have the opportunity to appeal to vote. Let me tell you, you why that's not going too far. Let me tell you why a convicted felon, I think, should not be able to vote. Okay. Because you violate the rules of our society at such a level that if there's too many of you voting in a different way, it affects the rules of our society. Yeah, but let's say as a young person, you did you made some mistakes. How young? 22. 22. You make a mistake, you, get, hey, you have too much to drink, um, you get a DUI and you kill somebody. So you go to jail for 10 years. That's class A misdemeanor. So it's not a felony? No. Okay, so you have a firearm in the car. Not a felony. Same situation. Same situation. You have an illegal firearm in the car, and you you're drunk and you kill someone in an accident. You're going. That's a felony. Yeah, that would be manslaughter felony. Manslaughter felony. Okay, yeah. it was a mistake. You had too much to drink. You were out with your buddies. You made a mistake. You're going to jail for ten years, five years. You're a convicted felon. But in in when you're in the joint, you you get a college degree. You go through rehab. You go through, you find yourself through faith or whatever, mm -hmm. and you come out, you get a job, you're a tax-paying citizen, you're a contributor to society. It's really hard for them to get a job as a convicted felon. I think it's harder for them to get a job than it would be to vote. Oh, totally. Who wants to hire a convicted felon? Like, no, I'm, this, is a, this is a problem we have in society. To. I'm not even allowed to at the law firm. You can't hire any felon. Any convicted felon, no. Nope. Right, it's because yeah, I don't know why, but it's probably. Oh, I, a good I'm just rule. saying, but 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 why is that a good rule? If they're allowed to, I think a vote, yeah, can have more of a consequence than working for me. So my problem with the the kind of if you're a convicted felon, you can never vote. My problem with that is you can be rehabilitated, and when you're rehabilitated and you demonstrate responsibility. Well, how and much, you take how initiative, much? then you should be able to have all the rights restored to you. Okay, it's called. It's part of the what percentage? What percentage? Truly, give me your honest answer. Of convicted felons, do you believe are rehabilitated? Probably twenty to thirty percent. That's a pretty generous number. Because our prisons are not meant no, to. We, we our are prisons not. are not organized to rehabilitate people. They're organized to make people pay. That's part of the problem with our prison system yeah because they're very punitive yeah, they're not, not rehabilitated yeah it's not that's part of the system the systematic problems so do you believe in the death penalty um i believe the death penalty in certain cases okay so you, okay i just don't believe in it at all yeah i do how messed up is that isn't that weird my brain is like yeah i don't have a problem with convicted felons not being able to vote but then i have a problem with the death penalty yeah i i don't have a problem with the death penalty no, I mean, I do have a problem with the death. You do. I, I do. I don't. You do. Yeah. I, you know, you have a problem with felons voting, voting. I don't. Well, if they're rehabilitated. Well, in Florida, if they pay their fines, they get to vote again. 
Okay, so that 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 has a an so exception. Bloomberg went down and spent about what ten billion dollars or something like fifty million paying off uh, convicted felons fines. So they can vote and vote uh-huh. for they can vote for one candidate. To... If that's not buying votes, I don't know what is. <laughs> oh yeah, we got what ten days to count down, people. Are you ready? Are you ready for all health break loose, regardless of whatever outcome it was? <laughs> is that going to be uh, connected to our well-being, Brian? I don't. I don't think nobody's going to be caring about anybody's well-being come November third. Yeah, the election. Yeah, probably has a lot of people are afraid. You know that their well-being is not. So my be Robinhood there. account, you know, where I buy and sell stocks, just personally. Yeah, I sold all my stocks. I'm just holding it. You just holding the cash? Yeah, I'm just holding the cash in there. I'm just sold them all. Wow. Because I don't know what the frick's going to go on. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are doing that. Because I'm like, just hold it. Stop. Because I don't trust the made-up game. Hmm. I know I got you thinking now, huh? Yeah, I'm thinking I'm hosed if the market's crap. Because <laughs> I have all my investments in, like, Well, the weird thing is it always comes back, and, right? It always comes back. Yeah. But it still sucks. Yeah. Interesting. What else is good for your the welfare of one's soul? Rehabilitation. Okay. Right. Right. Correction. Like, learning correction, from failures. Intelligence, correcting, rehabilitating. Um, in religion, they call it repentance. In the real world, they call it real rehabilitation. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that is restitution when you've done wrong and yep. you know, making making right things out of wrong things, right? So I think that's helpful. I got my concealed weapons permit today. Oh, did you? Yes. Are you carrying on it? I am not right now. Yeah. See, that's the first rule. Of concealed carry, don't ever tell anybody you're carrying or no, not. No, because you have was, the element of surprise. What I thought was interesting, though, in the letter you received with it, it's like, if you are pulled over, you should tell the cop that you have a concealed weapons permit. And oh, really? You have, and I'm like, nah. I was taught when I did a concealed nah. carry permit thing. I was taught that when a cop pulls you over, both hands on the steering wheel, and you say, "Officer, I have a fire, a loaded firearm in my possession or in my car. What would you like me to do?" Nope. That's exactly what I was taught yeah, in that class. That, but you don't have class. to do that. Mm, very fascinating. Hmm. I'm just like, nope. You know, oh, mm. mercy. Is carrying a firearm good oh, for your soul? Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that being a good member of society? <laughs> Yes. Packing an AR-15 that I was, um, you know, is that good for your soul? Right? So I've always liked this argument of <laughs> how much of a gun should we be able to have? Assault rifle, blah, blah, blah. I've always enjoyed that one. Should you be able to have an assault rifle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. A lot of people think that's just ridiculous to have an assault rifle and it's not needed. I don't, I mean, it, it would be needed if we were fighting our government. Yeah, if we're doing guerrilla warfare, maybe you need that. I was always thinking, though, if you got to that point where we're actually fighting our government, would the military still be protecting them? I don't know. It's really weird. Have you ever watched the movie, old movie Wolverines? It's about, like, communists taking over America and, like, no. And these guys go in the wood, this guy and this, these football player kids and their coach go in the wilderness and they have all these guns and they, they start sniping all the rookies. What? what? <laughs> it's really cr- What's it called? Called Wolverines. Like how old is it? It's like 40 years old. It's, it's a good is movie. Like black and white? No, it's not that <laughs> old, dude. <laughs> you bet your... <laughs> you know, how many guns are good? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, okay. He just pounded me. Dodgeball to the forehead on the side of the head. Kabam. Okay. How many guns are enough is, I guess, the question for the welfare of one soul. For the welfare of one soul. Zero guns. Zero guns. Yeah. There's not a lot of, not a lot of, but if you don't believe in a higher being or like 
God in general? Do you really think, I mean, where, I mean, do you, would you really have a real consideration for the welfare of other people's souls? I guess the only reason I would say maybe is because you want to live in a society that is yeah. free, safe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like cultural norms in society. Like uh, if you go back to the tribal kind of existence of us as human beings, there was, um, there was a collective element of people being concerned about the welfare of the tribe. Right. Right. And I think you, you know, you have these kind of elements where older, more experienced people in the tribe sort of took on this responsibility of, you know, the welfare of the group. And, um, as you've, as we've morphed into complex societies, that's, um, changed in all manner of ways. Well, it would seem that, uh, and you've heard the argument, I'm sure before that God was made up so that we could have rules for society. Okay. You know, we, we that's one that. prototype of thinking. I don't but you have the Joseph Campbell books, right. That have the, um, that talk about like the prototype of God in different cultures through different times. It's always the same story. Yeah. The rule you know, givers, yeah. right. The people, I mean, the, he's, he needs some higher power that sets the rules down. So everybody yes. has to be obedient so that everyone kind of follows them no matter what. Right. Right. The norms, social norms and mores, they use deity to say, to reinforce some kind of norm, some kind of behavior norm. Yeah. Because without, without the idea of deity, is it really right and wrong? I mean, well, it's part of your conscience, right? I don't know. Well, yeah, there's, yeah, but then right and wrong is constantly changing within your consciousness. I think depending on the circumstance, the people, everything, like, do you know what I mean? Like you might feel consciousness and when you're driving the street to give a certain homeless person $5, but the next homeless person, you might not feel anything. But yet those are two different yeah. outcomes with the same apparent facts. I had a friend of mine one time. She, she called me and she was in tears and she goes, I got to just share this with somebody. I'm like, what's up? She goes, I was approached by a homeless person today in my car. And I rolled the window down and I gave him $200. And I rolled the window up and drove away. And I felt awesome. And she was weeping. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. I'm like, well, that probably was good for your soul. Really good. It was really good for the homeless dude who got, you know, scored a couple of Benji, Benjamins. Benjis. Benjis. He made it rain in the club with the yeah. bands. I don't know, oh, <laughs> I don't know yes. if he did or not. Make it rain, make it rain. He was, he, his welfare of his soul was good. Yeah, well, because he got there. money. I would say, okay, what he did with that money was he went to the liquor store and got some, got yeah. some liquor and got all liquored up or went well, and see, bought she, some crack. And I, I guarantee you that that woman does not give $200 to every homeless man. She oh, just, she never. She's never done it in her life before. And she did I mean. at that time, and that's it was cool. I mean. So right and wrong without deity takes on a whole different meaning. Yeah. But something in the recesses of her soul spoke to her to help this human being out. Yeah, of her consciousness. And I think that was good for her and good for the dude that got it. So there's something. I think this does link back to consciousness. We've had some. Mm -hmm. We've had consciousness on our plate a lot as a, in our podcast before. But I think to grow your consciousness to be more one with the universe to be to be full of light, love, truth, knowledge, wisdom, and power, you know, you need to have a good, you gotta be settled with your own soul and you gotta be working on your own welfare of your soul and the soul of, uh, and the welfare of other people's. Absolutely, soul. I think your consciousness being one is raises society. Right, right, because then you're thinking more than just about yourself. Yes, now. 
You're living beyond the hierarchy of needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, live, learn, love, leave legacy. You're yes. like, you're transcending that and moving into more of a different uh, sphere where you're Higher thinking level. about, you know, the, the group, the group benefit, the, the, the collective. Because as the group benefits, you, you benefit as an individual. Right, right. Yeah. If you are mature and seasoned enough to understand that by helping the group, I help everyone and I've already helped myself enough. So I might as well help others. So I wanted to do a segment on conspiracy theory of the week. Okay. So this is the conspiracy theory segment. We got a couple minutes left. So. Yeah, so it could be pretty quick. Okay. So, or yeah, we can even make this into another two-minute clip, whatever. But conspiracy theory of the week. <laughs> I, so there's been a leaked memo out of Canada mm. written to the prime minister. And there's actually a video of um so i think i can't remember do they call it parliament in canada mm -hmm. a parliament a guy asking hey why are we building all these big facilities and spending billions of dollars on all these huge facilities in the middle of nowhere and they cut his mic Ooh, watch the video it's really cool and then the leaked memo comes out and says that they're building these facilities to put people in as they transfer their money to like a gold standard but also they're taking all the property from everybody uh forgiving all debt and a second wave of COVID will come if you're not vaccinated. If you don't accept their vaccination, you will have to go to these facilities. Okay, so can I add to that conspiracy theory? Of course. So I watched this video on YouTube about this doctor saying that in the vaccine for COVID-19 are nanotechnologies that will connect to cryptocurrency and give everybody your vital signs and everything you've done and haven't done. And there'll be some kind of compensation for if you had it, if you had the vaccine, you'll receive cryptocurrency benefit. And if you don't, you will not, you'll be outside looking in. And it was like, wow, that's some weird shit right there. Do you remember that movie with Justin Timberlake? I can't remember that other lady in it. Was, I think it's called About Time or something right, and like that. He had how many times left and he had to yeah. buy more time? Yes. Would it help him live longer? Yes. And yeah. you had to even spend the time you were going to live on coffee and stuff like that. Could, could the vaccine be well, the beginning of the price you'll pay to live longer? It seems to be that Hollywood always predicts things. That's some weird shit right there. But yeah, look this memo, this leaked memo up. It's yeah very concerning very very concerning i can't even imagine something like that happening it's a good thing we have guns at that point for the well, welfare of our souls pretty freaky <laughs> can you imagine that they like hey we're forgiving everyone's debt but we're taking all your property and be like no no i don't think so and they'd be like no no we are no i don't think so that'd be hard that'd be a hard that'd be a hard uh movement here in the united states i better stack up on peanut butter stack up on peanut butter you don't want kim you know what kim wants for the holiday season for a gift uh, no, I do know. Yes. Pure love of Christ. No, she doesn't. She doesn't want that. She already has she that. Not. She doesn't yes, need sure. that. Dang it. It's already there. She wants gonna food stopping. She wants food storage. And I'm like, okay, as long as as long as ammo and um like batteries and like cool guns are part of that. I'm cool with that. Yep. And peanut butter. <laughs> and peanut butter. So anyway, think about the welfare of your own soul, the the welfare of others, and do good in the world. Bring That's, peace. Bring peace and have a conversation about the welfare of one's souls this week. Have a conversation about hard things. Hard things. You, you, you never know. You might learn something from a different point of view. Never. Have a wonderful week here, life. Karma. Peace out. The uh, welfare of one's soul. Watch out for werewolves. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jesus, <laughs> they, their souls are not good.
Not good. Not good. Have a great week, y'all. Peace out. <laughs> Some weird shit. <laughs>